You are listening to the Contemplative Motherhood Podcast. My name is Chelsea. I'm a teacher, practitioner, spiritual director, and pilgrim. And I'm Erin, a creative, homeschool educator, counselor, and spiritual seeker. Listen in as we dive deeper into the contemplative lifestyle through hearing about each of our lives. You'll hear our triumphs, failures, practices, and mistakes as we journey together. You might even hear a kid or two in the background. So grab some coffee, tea, curl up, and take off your shoes. You are welcome here. Now let's get started. Welcome to this episode of the Contemplative Motherhood Podcast. I'm Chelsea, and I'm here with Miss Erin. And you know, we both are feeling a sense of gratitude that you are here with us listening right now. And if you've noticed the title for this episode, yes, that was a purposeful intention just for you. So today, Erin is going to lead us on how sometimes unexpected moments bring us unexpected spiritual practices that can draw us deeper into ourselves. And for Erin, this came in the form of practicing gratitude. So Miss Erin, can you take us deeper into your practice of gratitude and how it came about for you? Yeah, I can. So, you know, this is kind of a, an interesting and heavy subject matter. <laughs> we like to <laughs> go big or go home, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I want to share, first of all, a little bit about um, gratitude as a spiritual practice is a lot like many of the other practices that we've discussed. And it's not something that has really... Um, enveloped my everyday life from the very beginning. This was something that has sort of developed over time. So I think it's important to mention that. Uh, I think when we discussed the contemplative life for contemplative life, (laughs) our interchangeable words, (laughs) (laughs) I think one of the things is that I often feel is that we refer to it a lifestyle for the primary reason that it infiltrates the way we look at our life in multiple ways. So that's where where we sort of start with this. Um, and in a way, it changes the way that we see the world as a result. And I know that sounds like a huge grandiose idea, but it is my personal belief that we really can start with small practices and see major, major fruit from beginning these in the first place. So um, anyway, I think it's the concept of mindset applies to gratitude as well is what I'm trying to say. So over time, you may find that this is something you want to implement in your daily practice and your vision will change as a result of it. You will see things differently in the world. And then there are other practices that may not have the same result for you. And that's okay. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's always good to sort of talk about that um, in the practical sense. So, um, But the vision change is one of the most important things I want to share. Is that so often we begin these practices. And how often have we thought like, oh, this looks this is really silly. This can't possibly yeah. be great. Right? <laughs> or am um, I doing it right? Right. Yeah. I'm always worried about doing it right or following mm-hmm. the script. I'm a, like, mm-hmm. I have to follow the guidelines. If I'm not following the guidelines, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, it's not a prescription, guys. 
Um, but it does change the way in which we view everything around us. And that is what is part of the transformation process in the contemplative life. So just wanted to plant that seed right in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I appreciate, you know, this change of vision, you know, because I've never thought about that before, that, you know, the change of vision as our practice start to change how we see and interact in the world and notice the circumstances that can envelop us. Now, can you talk about how you notice the need for gratitude in your life? Yeah. So that's a really interesting story. And I'll tell you, this is probably one of the most um, personal stories I've told on the podcast so far. So <laughs> get ready. Um, right. Uh, so I want to give you a little bit of background. So if I'm looking down, it's because I'm looking at my notes. But um, um, just to give you a bit of background on how this gratitude practice came about for me. Um, we have talked about before in the podcast, and I know many of us have felt, especially in the last year, that there have been extremely difficult times, um, whether it was life-altering times, whether it was um, time periods in which there were just significant life events that shifted the way that we did things on an everyday basis. And that really um, was true for me as well. So I know a lot of us can kind of uh, resonate with that. <clears throat> but, you know, in addition to crisis and trauma and all of those fun words that we use during the pandemic mm -hmm. time, um, it's there. Often I think that we find that a crisis or a trauma changes our priorities. Um, it changes our life events. It changes the way we view our lives and the way we view our relationships. And so whether or not we want to do an inventory, sometimes we're sort of thrust into that inventory of like, this has happened. Now, where do we go from here? Right? Yeah. Um, ironically enough, the gratitude practice came to me during that time when I had gone through a significant period of grief and... To share in an honest transparency, I um, I lost a child by stillbirth, and I was in a place of grief that I did not even know really existed, you know? Mm. Um, it's one of those things that you feel like you're watching yourself on TV, and you can't imagine this actually happening in your life, right? We read about these things, and there I was with this film real in front of me, but noticing that it was actually my life. Mm. And so I know that those of us who have experienced that sort of significant loss, that deep grief, whether it's, you know, we've lost a person or we've been through a traumatic event or major lifestyle change, maybe we've gotten a divorce or our community has left us or we've lost our health for, you know, so many people in the last year, that's been true. Um, we know that grief in and of itself has a way of rearranging our priorities and what really becomes our focal point as a result. And even beyond the life-changing event of losing a child, there's layers upon layers of prior loss that, um, that often resurface, right? Isn't that true? That so often when we have a, an event that happens that's a trauma or a crisis, it brings up so much 
and um, I'm a big fan of therapy. Um, but I say yeah. that because I think it's important to notice that um, when these specific events occur, we are often placed in this sort of inventory of where was I, where am I now, and how did I get here, you know? Um, I also, on top of that, had been parenting. I was like, you know how you have those difficult parenting seasons, right? Maybe it's that you have – and the newborn season, maybe you have a colicky baby, mm-hmm. um, a baby that's been in the NICU, a baby that's um, maybe you've gone through an adoption or you're fostering or something like that. I was in a difficult season of parenting. Um, I was parenting a medically complex child on top of this. Uh, we moved away from a faith community that we had been with for years. Mm. And... Um, I lost several members of my family just back to back to back. And so, again, it was that feeling of, is this real life, you know? Um, And so while I don't think it's super important to go into the extensive detail of processing grief, because we all know that that's a a journey and not a destination. Um, But one of the things that happens as a result is that you find that things that were important to you before – just not as important to you now and that that will change your life um i want to say your vision changes in a sense quite simply in Mm -hmm. the way that you view certain lifestyle elements whether it's material or whether it's relationships uh, you just do a complete turnover in the sense of What you valued before may not be what you value now. Um, And I want to pause here for a moment and share with you that I think it's important to know that when we sort of find ourselves in these situations, that it's very easy to shut down, right? It's very easy to be like, I just, I can't do this. Like, I don't Mm want to do this. I don't want to do the work. Yeah. I don't want to go forward. Um, But when we find ourselves in these situations, oftentimes, I have found that that is exactly when I need to implement a spiritual practice, even if it's for the rooting and the anchoring of what that brings to the everyday life. You know, life was not the same. Yeah. And just acknowledging like, I, I can't do this. I, I need a break, you know, even saying those words and like, you know, just being present to that moment. Yeah. That's even hard for us to say, right? Because we are, a consumerism society and we are focused on our product and our efficiency. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's okay to say, I cannot produce at this time, you know? And that's, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us have found ourselves in that place. Um, So I can share that the practice of gratitude obviously found me in a sense in an incredibly sad season of my life. Um, I mean, and how much more contradictory does that sound, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you found the practice of gratitude in the midst of grief. Um, but this, my friends, this sort of inventory that we talk about, um, this is the checkpoint of our souls. And the inventory of our very being is what's so important. Uh, 
I think contemplation couples with inner work of the soul. And that's simply scary. That's sometimes mm-hmm. really scary and sometimes very life altering. Mm-hmm. Um, so take it slow if you need to take it slow. Um, so Chelsea, I want to, I want to pause here and I want to allow you to interject because I know you've come across this too. Have you ever found that there are times of need that you need, know you need to implement a spiritual practice, but it seems the opposite according to what's actually happening in your life. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Ever happened to you? Yeah. I mean, I feel like every kind of life altering situation, you know, it's that, you know, finding the meaning in suffering or grief, which to me doesn't happen for a long time. Um, and this isn't the example I'm going to use, but like, for example, uh, my dad passed away almost two and a half years ago. And I feel like that's still processing as to what has kind of come out of that. You know, I still feel very much in the midst of that and not even able to grasp and define and process, you know, in order to kind of talk about what meaning came out of it. But what I do want to a time that I have now found experience in, um, you know, in most of the time in those situations, you know, but not all of them, it's kind of about what you referred to earlier. You know, I like to use the word desire, you know, and a desire kind of opens up in your life when you're most likely to notice. And when does that noticing come about, which is, you know, what you said, a loss, a change in priority, you know, something significant has shifted and left you bare, you know, and in this bareness, you know, I ref- I would refer it to as vulnerability, but you are able to notice a desire and maybe not name it, but you notice it. And, you know, it can take some time to realize this desire as in a new practice like gratitude, but it's present there. And so after kind of the first noticing, you can't seem to escape the desire. So just one quick example for me, you know, I had gotten let go from a job and this is the first time I've ever been let go. And I was seven months pregnant and just the stress and embarrassment of the circumstance pushed me into labor nine weeks early. So it was literally two days after I was let go, I went into labor. So, you know, and compounded stress after that, you know, not only losing a job. I mean, honestly, I I lost my maternity leave pay. And now I have a nine-week preemie who was in the NICU for over five weeks. And it was my second child. So it was still balancing first child, second child in the hospital, um, recovering, you know, from the birth and all of that. So this was a very vulnerable time in my life. And I felt that bareness, you know, and that bareness in turn, after a while kind of led to this unexpected desire. And it was slowly processing, you know, to really find a deeper connection within this world and to feel at peace and kind of to feel as one, you know, and for me, it, led to the practice of meditation. I just happened to stumble upon um, a book that talked about centering prayer. And so slowly over time, you know, I wasn't working. Um, I think I took about a year off from the workforce 
and use this time for this practice, you know, and slowly found the desire to really live into my gifts. So to really find what I offered the world and in return, what the world could offer me in terms of joy and fulfillment. So, you know, listening and noticing that small crack of opening to the faintest desire, you know, that led me to a practice and then really to where I am right now. And, you know, and that's speaking with you all, you know, and this, I, I want to say this sounds as if this practice of meditation was an intense shift, but at the time it was just that small crack of desire and finding a practice that did not quench the desire, but really shift the desire into a greater more for me. You know, so my practice in itself is kind of a small act that brings a shift in perspective, you know, a shift in vision. You know, so Aaron, you know, what, what do we do really when we notice this desire in times of barrenness or in times of vulnerability? Yeah. You know, I, I love those, you know, I, I love the words and (laughs) (laughs) I'm just stuck on fairness and vulnerability, like completely. I, I think I tune out for a little bit because (laughs) it's just so significant to me that we bring that up. Um, ultimately as human beings, those are two of the most difficult things that we could possibly ever imagine handling. Right. Um, and dependent on your personality, some of us, um, are open books and some of us aren't, you know, some of us have more challenges with vulnerability and some of us don't. Um, but I think it's just a general acknowledgement that, that it's there and noticing that there are certain signs and certain checkpoints in which this is something that I need to look into, right? Um, And that's sort of where I feel like we start. Uh, I think overall, it's important to sort of prepare yourself in the sense of don't jump in head first into something that you feel like is just going to overwhelm you. Um, That's not the point of a spiritual practice. I want to make sure that that's super clear Um, because when we talk about spiritual things, we often feel this – responsibility or um, a general feeling as though we need to do A, B, and C in order to get the results that we want um, or to get the results that we feel like we're supposed to have. And I, I, I could go on about that for days. That's a can of worms in and of itself, right? That might be another um, episode. Yeah, I think it mm-hmm. might be. Um, but I've shared a lot of times that, you know, we, we don't want to think of it or as monumental. It's mm-hmm. not like you just wake up one day and um, you're in a robe of white, right? <laughs> I just felt like the right image. Um, but in reality, especially as a contemplative mother, like, let's lay it down. Here we are. Our implementation tactics are going to be so different um, than, say, someone who has time to dedicate two and three hours to meditation or two and three hours to centering prayer. So don't let that deter you from digging into this spiritual practice. 
And yeah, um, there might be days for meditation that you fall asleep and that's okay. I mean, sorry, I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Go ahead, Aaron. Sorry. It's happened. It is <laughs> I, totally, happened. I totally interrupted you. Go ahead. No, but I, I think that's really important. I believe that, um, maybe there's been a point of osmosis if I, if I fell asleep on the book, like that I would No, it's just a grad school PTSD. <laughs> anyway, uh, I do, but I think that's important to know, like we are moms and, so what we do logistically is going to look different than someone who has that sort of time to dedicate. But don't let that run you away, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was just I started with a few moments of gratitude journaling. That's how I started. It wasn't anything grandiose. I didn't write for a long time, contrary to the fact that I talk a lot. <laughs> I don't write as much as I talk. Um, but it sort of became a great first step in cultivating this mindset of gratitude because it started with a logistical practice, right? Mm -hmm. Gratitude journaling for five minutes. And then something shifted. And so when we go beyond that, one of the great great things I think we notice as a mom is that your children will also notice a shift in you. And they don't always connect it to what you're doing, right? Like they don't always think, oh – Mommy is writing things that she's thankful for, and so now she's more thankful. <laughs> That's just not how it works in a kid mind, right? Yeah. Um, but I think it's important, too, to provide the opportunity to share these sorts of things that they can do as well. Uh, so, for example, at our dinner table, our family often tells one of – like one to three things that we are thankful for that occurred that day. And then we discuss one way in which we could have responded or acted differently. Whew, that's the fun one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I realized that even in that short little time period of conversation, that was a window of even just logistical opportunity for us to cultivate this as a family practice. Mm. So I'm interested, Chelsea, have you found practical ways with your family to implement anything um, that may look like that? Or what does that look like for you guys? Yeah. So um, I would say our family meeting is kind of a simple practice that's, you know, to me, I deem everything as spiritual, that is a spiritual practice, you know, and again, my kids are pretty young. So family meetings are just sometimes a little stressful because not everyone's going to sit and listen, but we try and we attempt it and we attempt it to do weekly, you know, because everyone has a seat at the table. Everyone gets a voice. You know, we say our silly family motto that we created together. (laughs) Um, you know, we, everyone goes around and they say something they're thankful for, or, or we could use it. And even the terms of gratitude, being grateful for the person next to them. And so everyone get a chance to talk and hear, you know, what the other one says. And we talk about any issues that need to get resolved. Usually they're the same issues, bedtime, meals, <laughs> you know, it, 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 we we collaboratively discuss ways to work together on issues. And I have to say, my kids are so creative. They come up with just things that in my mom brain, I'm like, this isn't going to work, but we'll try it <laughs> for a week. And sometimes it does work. Sometimes it only works for a week and we have to talk about it again, but that's okay. You know, we plan ways. Okay. How could we spend time together as a unit? 
you know, we get to look at the week ahead together. And then we close with a family prayer that, you know, everyone takes turns on leading the family prayer. You know, so everyone from the youngest to the oldest, you know, they have a chance to be heard. You know, and it's a great time for us to be as one, you know, to understand everyone's value in the family and to listen and learn. I learned so much from my kids, you know, so I'm, I'm very grateful uh, to have that time and that established, you know, kind of routine now that's now a ritual. I so, love that so much. <laughs> I love you know I'm nerdy. If, if you don't, nerdy. if you don't know what I'm talking about with ritual, then you have missed the previous episode. All <laughs> right, so Eric, you know, kind of circling back, you know, thank you for allowing me to to talk about, you know, being grateful for that spiritual practice with my family. But circling back to your practice of gratitude, you know, what specific ways, you know, have you found gratitude fruitful in your life as a practice, and what specifically do you do? Yeah. I mean, that's a really good question. First of all, I'm nerding out about the family meeting because I love a family meeting so much. <laughs> I just think it's like a cute little family powwow. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Uh, Everyone gets, we have a talking stick. So, you know, oh, it's really I love fun. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a maraca. Yeah, so you know how well that practice. works. Yeah. <laughs> Although I think my husband would say I might need a talking stick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should do that here. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, logistically speaking, one of the first things I look for is um, getting into that space mentally. Um, I think that's really important. Um, but it, it doesn't have to be where I <laughs> go and sit in a corner and tell my children, like, don't come in the room. Okay. Because <laughs> we just all know that's not going to happen. Um, but I can share that I found that journaling is sort of a preference of mine and it may not be a preference for all of our listeners. You may find that there are different outlets that help you cultivate gratitude in your mind and in your spirit. Um, it could be readings. It could be quotes, um, soaking in music, sitting in creation. Um, so I more than anything encourage you to open yourself up to wherever you feel led, and what feels most fitting for you. Um, Defining my heart's intention is another thing. I found that most often if I am open to the divines leading in all areas that – and I come without an agenda, right? I come Mm -hmm. without my task list of like, okay, I'm going to do my gratitude. Mm -hmm. If I come without my agenda, then – I feel more often than not, the spirit will lead me to specific areas that I need to reflect on and be grateful for and be thankful for. And this is where the shift sort of starts. Um, It's funny how that happens. For me, I found that it's helpful to do at the end of the day because I'm reflecting on the prior day. But you may actually find, if you're a morning person, um, that it couples greatly with setting an intention in your day or having your morning solitude or morning meditation. It may be a great time to couple that together. So logistically looking at that, that's often really helpful. Um, and, and try several things. I always say try try it more than way. If it's not working that way, try it this way. Don't throw in the towel before you 
try something that resonates with you. And so logistically, obviously, I said, I, I try to find a quiet place. We all know how that works, right? <laughs> yeah. Find a quiet place, great. Um, but I start with the intention of asking the divine to increase my spiritual vision for reflection purposes. Mm. The sense of, I don't want to just look at what I'm looking at materially or what's right in front of me. I want the divine to mediate this opportunity. Um, and as a result, maybe I will be led to reflecting on a particular event of that day. Maybe I will reflect on a material thing, an event, or a relationship. Oftentimes it's a relationship. Um, and from there, I just spend time in silence and journaling those things that I am grateful for. And as a result, I find in this action, the gratitude in my spirit, it's that's what moves me to being more thankful beyond for what I can see, not just everything that's in front of me, but to being deeply grateful for things that are beyond my mind's eye, you know, um, that's huge. So as you continue to listen to our podcast, I think you may find yourself overwhelmed. We've talked about that. <laughs> with the <laughs> idea of adding anything to your day, right? You're yeah. a mom. Yeah. I, imagine, I just want to go to the bathroom alone sometimes, you know? I mean, <laughs> yes. so I get Peace it. And quiet. Um, but I, I encourage you to start small, be hopeful, and familiarize yourself with the definition and the concept of gratitude. That's super important. What does it mean to be grateful? And from there, I really cannot wait to hear what your experiences are, honestly. Um, I will say that some of the most profound moments in my life have been in a time where I reflected on something I was grateful for. Mm. And I'm grateful for this space right here, you know? Chelsea, yes. do you have any invitational feedback for our listeners that you want to share? Well, you know, for me, um, so I I'm, can't even remember if I've mentioned this before, but I recently finished the Ignatian Spiritual Exercises. And so within the daily exercises, you have the daily examine. And Erin, you actually did a great job describing the daily examine. I don't know if you've ever read oh, really? anything about it. You, I yes. have read it. Yes, I do. Okay. Know it. Okay. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, it's very similar. You know, it has five components. And the Simple. first one you start off with is gratitude. And it's here that you begin with a sense of gratitude you know, as you reflect on your day with the Holy One, you know, kind of that vision shift, kind of that mind shift, you know, and St. Ignatius, who created these exercises, believed that, you know, God's desire is to give God's self to us as much as God can, which is infinite, and that God never tires of giving. So with that perspective, you know, keeping in mind, gratitude is, is our way of affirming God's unbounded love for us and desire for our response and love to the love revealed in this giving. And I know that was kind of a compounded quote. And, you know, that quote is from Father Timothy Gallagher's book on the examined prayer. So if you're interested, I would definitely say that's a great book to start off with. Absolutely. Now, and that quote is just a fancy way of saying that gratitude is much deeper than just being grateful. 
I mean, obviously being grateful is part of it, but there's something much deeper when your entire mind is kind of shifted to this idea of gratitude and what, what does that mean? So gratitude is recognizing that boundless love that divine has for each one of us. And sometimes we can just be overwhelmed with the sense of gratitude in those moments that just kind of take your breath away, maybe for like a perfect day in nature, a job offer you've been waiting for, or an answer to a prayer or something similar. But, you know, other times, excuse me, sorry. Other times gratitude is found really in that simple acknowledgement of a completed day of putting your kids to bed closing your eyes and breathing out your last awake breath going, Oh my goodness. You know, a kind word from someone, another, or a response from your kid without asking more than once. I am grateful for those (laughs) moments, you know, and it's really, you you know, Aaron, you did such an amazing job about talking about that, that shift in perspective. You know, it is in those moments that noticing our perspective can shift, our desires fulfilled, and our vision change. You know, so for me, looking at the day through the lens of gratitude for me can be what feels like a monumental shift. Absolutely. I love that so much. <laughs> um Wow. I have so many thoughts right now. I mean, we could talk about this for hours. Um, I can't, I just don't want to understate how amazing this particular practice is. And and so I greatly encourage all of our listeners to, uh, to try it out and let us know how it's going. Um, And to let us know how it's changing your life. Mm -hmm. Okay. So even if it's simple, even if it's, I laid in bed and I took a deep breath. Yes. Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I love how, so, yeah. And I love how simple it is. Like it's really just that mindset of just being present, noticing all our favorite buzzwords that we use. <laughs> Hashtag words, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I found this quote and, uh, it's not a coincidence that it talks about vulnerability because we did touch on that a little bit. Uh, It's one of my favorite books that I'm reading right now. It's called um, Earth, Our Original Monastery. It's by Christine Painter. And it says, to be in gratitude is to be vulnerable, to be expanded, to be opened, to be shown my dependence on others, other creatures, other people, and Earth herself. To be grateful is to bow to my interwovenness with all creation. I just Mm. think that's such a beautiful picture of Mm -hmm. the interwovenness that gratitude offers as a practice. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously, you know where we're going to go with this. In every episode, we do our practice, right? Um, I think let's flesh it out just quickly in in, in a tiny bit. Um, But for now, choose a time of day. Let's start there. Decide what medium you'd like to use in the sense of would you like to journal? Is it through reading? Is it through spoken word? Um, Is it with the examine? You know, all of these are opportunities that you can use to apply to whatever feels as though you've clicked and connected with that practice. Um, And 
as you do this, as you choose this time, as you choose whatever method or form that you use, invite the divine to show you areas where of gratitude in spite of your hurdles. That's really hard. Mm. Um, but this may be looking for gratitude and asking for gratitude beyond negative thoughts or concern with material items, um, comparison, uh, entitlement, hurt. There's so many things that could be a hindrance. Um, but take those hurdles and flesh them out into notions of gratitude as you flesh out this practice, right? Take them and move forward with them. Where are we going to go? Then, of course, as always, we'd love to hear your feedback about this because we know that this is not something that you may be doing every single day. But taking the practice of gratitude, finding a simple time period to do it, using whatever method you feel works for you, and then let us know what happens. And right now, I'm just excited to see. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much for joining us today. And Chels, thanks so much for being here with me and delving into some of these topics that are really hard, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They are. Yeah. So we will connect with you guys soon. Absolutely. And for joining us today on the Contemplative Motherhood Podcast with us, your host, Aaron Thomas and Chelsea Whipple. To get regular updates on our podcast, hear new episode drops, interact with us about past and future episodes, and find our show notes, make sure to go to our website, www.contemplativemotherhood.org. As always, we appreciate your support of this podcast and in helping us share our journey with others. So if you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. This helps us to cross paths with other pilgrim mamas across the board. So until next time.